Hi everyone, this is Kaz from Stepping Out and welcome to this episode which is the last final instalment in my podcast for preparing for an ultra and as you might have heard before I'm preparing for the race to the stones. I was preparing for the race to the stones because I've actually done it and I really was planning to do this before but I thought you know what I'm really busy it doesn't matter I can send it out afterwards so that's what I've done and uh, I've been putting together all the information that I want to tell you today I'm going to talk to you about apps that I use and also a list of things that I need to take for an ultra and I've been building this list over a long time and actually it's probably good that I've waited until now because there were lots of last minute bits that I put on there so I am going to talk about the event a little bit and then I'll go through what apps I use to train and help me along my way and also like I said everything that I took there the event was amazing I can honestly tell you that Um, two days 50k on each day which seems absolutely ludicrous and it probably is because it is a very long way and it was 100k along the Ridgeway which is one of the national trails here in the UK Uh, starting at Ivinghoe Beacon which is spookily where I live Um, although we didn't start there that wasn't where the race started but that's where the Ridgeway starts and it was from Lucknow in Oxfordshire to Avebury in Wiltshire so really beautiful scenery it was absolutely stunning and day one I rocked up after several logistical situations and started the race nice and strongly and uh, was really heading for about well between eight and nine hours wasn't quite sure what I was going to do and uh, obviously it's very difficult as well to judge the terrain even though you can study the form of the of the route but you know until you're actually on it and you, you experience those hills of which there were a few killers especially early on you can't really work out how long you're going to be so I made it it rained a bit uh, but it was quite warm so it wasn't too bad and lots and lots of people lots of runners for race of the stones um, but different from some of the other ultra challenges that i've done i would say probably either half and half or possibly even more walkers but the walkers that were on there were actually i would say more sport walkers because the majority of people that i saw if not all of them had the vest that i'm going to talk about uh, rather than a backpack and walking boots they were most people had trainers they were more in it for the race uh, so that was actually quite nice because the pace was fast and I really felt like you know we were really in it to not win it but in it to to get a good time and to come on let's get this done so there was a sense of urgency about it which was really nice and so I managed to do the first day uh, everything went to plan I had some uh, some good electrolytes in my in my bladder pack and I managed to stay nourished throughout without feeling too bloated or hungry and that's sometimes the issue with these things is you've got to be really careful what you eat on the way around as we've talked about and um, also to make sure that you don't forget to eat because it's really easy to go for an hour and a half or two hours and then think oh do you know what actually I feel a little bit hungry and you don't want to be getting to that point because your body's starting to call for food and you want to just keep it nourished throughout with the best things that you can um 
I think the food was fairly okay. Um, the bananas weren't ripe, but we won't talk too much about that. But there was a really good mixture of, of uh, bars and fruit and sandwiches. So you don't have to take anything on these walks at all. So that was really, really good. And uh, got back to my hotel, which is very nice. I hasten to add. And then next day up again. Now the next day we're starting earlier between six and seven. I missed the brief on it's finishing at seven and rocked up about 20 past. So I was actually last starting the race, which I thought was quite cool because I thought, well, if I'm at the back, I can only try and catch up. And uh, that's precisely what I tried to do. So when I got to the first pit stop, that's when people started to appear. But before that, I need to tell you a little story about a man called Jonathan. Now, Jonathan uh, offered me a plaster at about 2K when a blister on my little toe burst. And I, whilst I had plasters, I didn't have the skin type ones that are quite thick that you can wrap around your little toe, namely Compete. And he had one of those and he said to me, would you like one of these plasters? And I said, you know what, I will. I actually will take you up on that offer. Thank you very much. Well, of course, he was behind me, so he was also last. So both of us decided to walk together. We got to pit stop one and we said, should we, should we carry on? Knowing that we're going to have a good number of hours ahead of us where we're going to have to get through this. We already ate from the 50k before, as you can imagine. That's a big old trek. And then the next day, you're hauling yourself back out, getting those muscles going and trying to find that drive to put your legs forward. So we kind of had this mutual thing that we said, right, let's just go for it. We could see other people really suffering. And at that point, we were thinking, this isn't too bad, actually. We realised we were uh, matched pace-wise. Now, this is the other thing. It's great walking with people, and it's brilliant to meet people. But if you're not matched pace-wise, either they're too fast or they're too slow, then obviously, you know, you're going to have issues. You've got to either wait for them or, or you're forever on catch-up, which, again... Uh, you know, that's uh, not an easy situation to be in when you're constantly having to catch up. And uh, there was a couple that came up behind me. They were actually running it, but they were warming up. And they were so fast, I couldn't keep up with their pace at all. And then they ran off, so that was fine. So anyway, we carried on and carried on and carried on and carried on. And uh, it was awesome. And we got, second day, we did in 10 hours. So altogether, it was about 19 hours walking over the two days and it was really enjoyable I'm not trying to say that it was all enjoyable there were bits where I thought oh my feet are hurting my calves are hurting my quads are hurting you know at various points uh, things started to happen to my body but that's what it's all about it's about pushing through and that's when the mental energy kicks in um, well bloody mindedness basically where you just need to push through to the end and on the second day about probably about 20 minutes or 25 minutes from the end the heavens opened and it was cold rain unlike the day before it was quite heavy and I hadn't taken my sort of rain jacket thing because I had no idea it was going to rain <laughs> I don't know why so I did get a bit wet and cold. So there's a word of warning there. Even if you think you don't need it, just stuff it in your backpack just in case. Because the British weather, you never know what you're going to get. OK, so I'm going to move on to the apps that I use. I'm going to take a little step back, back into training. And I'm going to talk through the apps that I use. There are loads and loads and loads of apps out there. And the first one I'm going to talk about is footpath that's what it's called 
<laughs> footpath. And footpath is a brilliant one. Now, I've been through lots of these different pathway ones where you can map your route and follow a path. But uh, I saw this one recommended on one of the ultra support pages. And, and I have to say, it's really, really good because not only does it immediately pinpoint you where you are, uh, it's got really good kind of tracking, satellite tracking, and uh, which I believe you can do without any signal, which is always really handy. But the best thing about it is the fact that there are really obvious footpaths on there in yellow, because sometimes you can't see them on some of these apps. They're not great. You're not always positioned in a very good place for them, and you can't see them, obviously. So I would definitely recommend that. It has a little symbol of like a way marker type symbol with a footprint, a blue footprint on it. So you can't miss it and it's free, which is always a bonus. So that's good. And it's really got me out of trouble a number of times. Let me tell you, well, you think you're going the right way and you just have to double check. I've been way off track and I've managed to get back because um, sometimes my watch, which isn't a very detailed um, line hasn't got a very detailed line when you when i download gpx files which are the files that you can download off websites to follow a route uh, my one's got a really good battery life but that means it sacrifices a detailed route which is great normally it's perfect but occasionally you can go on track go off track with any of these watches and if you've got an app it can take you back by showing you the series of uh, footpaths and trails and things like that and uh, you can get back to where you need to be. So that's the first one I'm going to talk about. The second one, these are all kind of in no particular order whatsoever. The second one is my Bird Nerd app. Now, if you listen to this podcast often, you'll know I'm always talking about this because, let's face it, when you go out for a walk, you're going to bump into all sorts of things, nature as well included in that. And what you might find is the more often you go out, you keep hearing the same birds and you think... What is that bird? And even ones that you might have known as a child, you've completely forgotten. So I have my bird nerd app fired up a lot of the time. And it's just, it's really educational. So you can learn how to, uh, how to recognise birds. And all you do is just ask it to listen and it hears something. And it has to be quite near and it also has to be quite... Audible. It has to be audible, it has to be pretty loud. And it'll give you, sometimes it gives you a choice, but more often than not, it'll just pick one, or it'll pick two, three birds that it can pick up, that it can hear. And it's quite funny because if somebody speaks, it picks up Homo sapien. So there's my bird nerd app. I love that one. Oh, the other one in conjunction with that is Leaf Snap app. This one I really love because I found, you know, walking miles and miles and miles and miles, you kind of. You see the same trees and I've often find myself thinking what is that and it's something as simple as a hawthorn or something but <laughs> for some sort of variety because when you do walk you will if you're not used to it and you haven't been out for a while and you don't do much walking when you, if you do start walking quite a lot you'll find that you just start enjoying your surroundings you start really noticing everything and a lot of those things are trees for me trees and bushes and plants you walk past somebody's garden and think, oh, I really fancy that in my garden, or what is that? It's beautiful. You can take a picture of it and you can select leaf or flower, tree or whatever. And it will tell you what it is, or it will give you what it thinks it is anyway. 
this gives you a start of 10, so that's good. So that's that one. What else do I have? Oh, the Relive app. Now this is absolutely brilliant. I've used this a number of times and it's really good for an event as well. And I used it for Race to the Stones where I sync my watch with this app, my sport watch, and I sync it up to the app. So it knows what I've walked and it says, hey, you've got a video. And what Relive does is it brilliantly traces it a bit like a Google fly through map, if you've ever seen that. It traces it all the way round where you've been from a kind of bird's eye view. And all the pictures that you've taken on your route, it automatically puts them in where you were. <gasps> How clever is that? And you can put music to it. And that's free, but you can upgrade and get better music. And I think you can have unlimited pictures if you upgrade. It's not very expensive. And it's brilliant. So I've had a lot of fun with that. And sometimes it's nice to see the terrain that you've walked on as well when you're out and about and uh, you know you can do these walks and think I've forgotten where I've been I've forgotten what the elevation is and at the top it shows you the elevation in like a little sort of side on chart so you can see how high up you've got so that's really good uh, let's have a look let's have a look another one I've got compass that's quite good I've got one on my watch as well now but if you uh well if you take a map I don't take a map but if you do take them out, that's really useful. And sometimes it's just useful. It's just nice to know where you are. If there isn't a sun in the sky that you can see, it's, uh, it's quite good to have a little compass by your side. Okay, the other one is, oh, classic Strava. I told you they weren't in any order. Strava. Now, Strava, I would say, is probably the most versatile tracking device in that you can sync. Again, I sync my watch up to it and it automatically just clocks it up. You do have to be careful that... Uh, if you do a manual one on Strava, so you can use the app and manually record a trip or you can just leave your watch to it and it'll automatically do it so you don't drain the battery on your phone, which is always a big thing. That's why it's worth getting a sports watch, definitely. I know they're pretty pricey, but once you've got one, they last for a long time and they're really reliable and they just link up to everything, so it's great. But don't do what I do often where I am. Um, <laughs> oh, I haven't worn my sports watch, so I just record it manually and then forget to press stop. And before you know it, you've done like 2,000 miles. You think, oh, where did that come from? So that's Strava. And uh, that's a really good one as well. And also interval timer. Now this I use for training fairly often. I obviously go on just, you know, straight point to point walks or circular or whatever. But occasionally I want to really inject some fitness training into my walks. And not that walking isn't fitness training because it is. But hill repeats are a brilliant way to increase your lung capacity and, uh, and your VO2 max, which is essentially, you know, how much, how uh, well your lungs can use that oxygen. So I use an interval timer just to check to see, you know, I'll do a test one, see how, how long it takes me to get up there. And then I'll just try and shave a second off and get my best time. Some hills I know how much I can get up in, but you know what, you'd be surprised, a few weeks off, I don't know, over Christmas or going on holiday, you come back and you've added about three seconds, mysteriously. So it's quite good to note them down and use this interval, interval timer to time you going up and uh, see how long, you know, and don't drop that pace either, just don't drop it. See if you can keep it up and that's what keeps you nice and fit. Another one, is map my walk 
that's a really good one because as it says on the tin you can actually map your walk before you go there are loads of these i tend to use my watch app to do this with i download um, gpx files but sometimes i want to see how long something's going to take me uh, and really look at the lie of the land as well see what's around see what's there i can do that on my watch app but there's loads of others there's os maps as well that does that uh, but map my walk is a handy app as well on your phone where you can just stretch a route out to see how far it is because it might only be you know you might only be wanting to do about 5k or you might only have an hour and you want to see how long that route's going to take so 100% recommend that one um okay the next one i'm going to tell you about is plank workout and the reason i use that one is because walking is brilliant walking is really good for legs and arms and back and everything but what's important when you walk is to keep a really strong core and i find that if i do a 30-day plank challenge every now and again or just regular planks build up my um, time that i can do them for so if you haven't done them for a while you think oh 30 seconds that's that's pretty hard but honestly be surprised after a month you're doing like a minute and a half two minutes on a plank which is pretty hard core but it's brilliant for your stamina and it kind of keeps you back in line as well so if you suffer with backache be careful doing these though because if you do suffer with backache you do need to be a bit mindful that that can hurt if you don't control it properly okay so what are we on to now i'll do ldwa this is the long distance walking association app and uh again it does what it says it shows you lists of long distance walks um everything really from actually fairly small distances in relation to sort of ultra challenge types but you know from nine miles ten miles right up to right up to you know 100 miles whatever you want to do and there's just a big list and you can put in you know, where you want to where you want to walk and it gives you a load of load of pathways that you can follow so that's really really handy and uh, i use all these in conjunction with one another so as you're getting a sense you can actually spend a long time doing this and what i would suggest is do your homework do a bit of prep because if you find some nice pathways that you've not been on before once you've walked them okay maybe a few times you'll know where you're going and it's really worth building it up seeing you know seeing what you come across is there livestock is it going to be muddy in the winter what's the incline but as i said before it is a case of just going out and trying these so but if you have these apps you can prepare and at least you've got as much information as you you know, you can possibly want to uh, to be able to finish, well, start and finish your your walk. So definitely recommend that. So that's list of pathways. Oh, I'm going up a hill now. Let me see if there's any more. Da, 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 da. Oh, one more I must mention. And Mike, who's the walking Englishman who came on the podcast, he's got an amazing um, website called The Walking Englishman. And we talked about it a lot on there. So go back and have a look at that or listen to that podcast and uh, go onto his website and you'll find all of the routes that he's walked and designed and put up there with GPX files and everything they're amazing loads of them 
it's his lifelong work. He needs to get some kind of award for that. So I've got that as a, a little shortcut on my phone. There you go. Okay, 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 okay. So we've got to there. Now, what I'm going to talk about is gear. Okay, so off I went to the Race of the Stones. I built up this list over weeks. So don't please leave it to the last second. Some people do, and then you're thinking, oh, I haven't got any decent socks. Or, oh, I need a battery pack. Just things as simple as lip salve and stuff. So just make sure, I'm going to read you off this list as I wrote it, again, as it came into my mind. And have a little think about it. Maybe make your own spreadsheet if you're thinking about going for it and adjust it for yourself. And uh, you'll be really prepared. So here goes. I have got ticketing information, parking information, any tickets you need, uh, any shuttle bookings that you're going to need from one end to the other. That's the first thing. Make sure you've got all of that. When you're walking, I take with me plasters and compede specifically, which are plasters that, as I said earlier, look like skin and are much thicker. Uh, but one word of warning about those, they're brilliant for simulating your skin. So if you have got a blister, it kind of adds another layer of skin for the rest of the walk. But please, 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 please don't take them off when you finish. Soak them off because often what you'll find, and this is quite horrible, is you'll get, go to take them off and your skin will come off with them because they're very effective. So that's what you want, plasters. Socks, toe socks. Highly recommended. Each toe goes in a little toe glove of its own. You have to feed your toes in. They're quite thin. You can get thicker ones. You can get ones that go up to your knee. There's various different types. Injinji's a brilliant make. And uh, Hilly as well, a really good make. So get yourself, for an ultra, at least two pairs of socks for a 50K. But you might not change them. But you might, and if you do have blisters at first, yeah, we talk about all sorts of things on here, then, you know, you want to change your socks, ideally, before you put a plaster on. Uh, so take at least two pairs, depending on your feet and how you feel. You might feel like you want to refresh your feet every, I don't know, 20K. I personally, most of the time, on a 50, don't end up changing my socks, but I always carry a spare. So for 100, four pairs. They're not that cheap, I have to admit. They're about 13, 14 pounds in this country, but they're really worth it because your feet don't rub, your toes don't rub together and you don't get blisters as much as you would. I'm not guaranteeing you won't get blisters, but you won't get them as bad as you would have done. There's my small, tiny guarantee on the head with a caveat that you might get loads of blisters. Uh, <laughs> trainers, don't forget those. Don't forget to wear some shoes. Always good. If you're walking a long way, your feet aren't going to last very long if you don't wear those. So find yourself a really good pair of trainers. And uh, there is a podcast on equipment and gear. So if you want to know about what kind, then skip on over to that. Uh, battery packs and cables. Take a battery pack with at least, mine has four charges in it roughly, three to four charges. Because even though you might not be recording anything on it, if you've got a watch, you might want to listen to podcasts, you might want to take some phone calls. You'd be surprised, especially if you're walking on your own, how much you look at your phone. 
and uh, if you're fortunate enough to have some friends who are willing you on you're going to be getting some whatsapps and you're going to be getting some messages so just you know take a battery pack you do not want to run out i listen to loads of stuff when i'm walking and uh, it's a bit of a lifeline really so make sure you take a nice bag not too heavy either don't get these massive power banks they are so heavy you'll really notice it on your shoulders so get a fairly compact one and make sure you take the cables so let me go i've done that before it's all very well having a battery pack but you haven't got anything to plug into you've had it so battery pack lip salve the famous lip salve in the heat your lips get dry in the winter they get wind chapped take lip salve wherever you go now i take cheer charges which are my bar of choice to snack on as i said before on here they're easily digestible and uh, they're just gorgeous they fall apart please be careful not to drop them on the floor i often do that it's very easy because they're so fully a party but they're beautiful you can order them online get a pack of 10 they're really good really nice flavor okay now if you're going to eat any bars and things like that they've often got fruit in them and their fruit has seeds in them take a couple of toothpicks i always 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 get seeds stuck in my teeth and if you haven't got anything to get them out with you'll just find that they're irritating you trying to get them out with your nail with a piece of paper and you just can't get it out and i just i always take them and i always use them so that's a little personal thing that i use uh what else what else camelback now again i've talked about this before in the equipment one but some people use a lot of people use soft flasks at the front two pouches at the front on your vest uh which i'm going to include right now a vest a runner's or walker's vest with pockets on the front clips across your chest and it has a pouch in the back for whatever you want drinks snacks macs I don't know, cooling towels, whatever you want. In that pouch, I choose to put a camelback. Uh, there are other ones as well. Camelbacks are really good make. They advertise it with an elephant standing on it full of water and it doesn't actually burst. Um, but it's free water. So you've got a nice tube on the end of it and you can feed it through to the front. And for me, I just find it balances everything up, sits on my back. I can carry two litres of water really comfortably. Uh, put my electrolyte powders in them and that really suits me so I take a camelback is what I take okay what are we on next we are on headphones talked about listening to podcasts and stuff really good to listen to headphones especially if you want to listen to people's messages or yeah as I said podcasts and that kind of thing so take a pair but just remember if you take bluetooth ones they need to be charged so i also take a pair of wired headphones so when those run out i do prefer to wear those ones but if those run out i can charge them with my cable and from my backpack from my battery pack and wear the wired ones until those ones are charged they don't take very long to charge at all so make sure you take a couple of pairs of those and next is Sunscreen, even on the not so hot days, today is 30 degrees uh, and it's very, very warm. And I know that I've caught the sun, I can tell, and it's evening time. So we're looking at it's half seven now uh, and it's still quite warm. The sun's just sort of going behind the cloud, but it's been quite roasty. So 
what what you need to do is just take a sunscreen. You don't have to take it with you the whole way, but just make sure you plaster it, especially on your face, your neck, your ears. Don't forget those, your arms and your legs if you've got shorts on. And even in the winter, you know, you can catch it if you've got a nose like me. <laughs> Put a bit on there and um, just make sure that you that you keep your skin safe. Dry bags. Dry bags are really important in this country, particularly. Weather's very unpredictable. So take a dry bag, even if it's a really small one. I bought like a nest of dry bags, a little baby one, a bit like Russian dolls, and another one, another one. So you can put in your battery pack. Or better still, what I bought the other day was a thing I put around my neck, which is clear. You can put your phone in and a battery pack. I got two. And they're those ones that you can use underwater. So you sort of seal them at the top by clipping the top round, and you can wear them around your neck. So it does rain your phone is going to not come a cropper. You're going to be able to use it. Yeah, not only that, it's going to keep dry. You will still be able to use it through this plastic thing. Whereas if you have a dry bag, it's in there and that's that until the rain stops. And the other thing about dry bags as well is if you get the the kind of tent material type, you can cause a lot of condensation and the phone can stop working or you can't charge your phone. So just be a bit mindful of that. I think I'd probably go for the the see-through uh, phone carrying things uh, a waterproof as I mentioned depending on the weather I got caught out the other day and raced the stones didn't take one second day got really soaked as it was it wasn't too bad but it was cold and if it had been earlier I might have suffered quite a bit so just make sure you do that uh, what else do I take also I take my debit card and you never know when you're going to need it in an event very unlikely but you might need it at the end you know, if suddenly your car doesn't start and you need to get from there back to the hotel, the last thing you want to do is be calling out the AA or whoever uh, to the end of a 100k race when you could deal with it the next day, perhaps. So just make sure you take a card. You never know when you might need it. It's really small. You can fit in one side, one of your pockets. And I take one of those. Then I take uh, like a bit of a base layer. Again, I didn't wear one the other day because it was really warm, but uh, often it's quite good to keep one around your waist, and it would have been good on the second day, wouldn't it? So take a base layer, like a thin top that you can wear under or over a T-shirt. Paracetamol. I would say it's wise to take that. You can get them at the pit stops. There's always loads of people having their feet tended to and, uh, well, you know, getting a bit of TLC. Uh, blisters and skin falling off everywhere so I, if I was you I'd take your own avoid ibuprofen with dehydration which is bound to set in at some point if you're not careful ibuprofen can cause your kidney problems so avoid ibuprofen maybe save that for after the race and what else da, 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 da. sanitizer at the moment with covid it's really good to take some sanitizer and um, it's just nice to freshen your hands up I've got a lemon flavored one so every now and again when you just fancy a little freshen up you can um, do that so take a little bit of sanitizer what else oh i put prosecco here <laughs> take a bit of that for the end yes a bit of food wet wipes are always good i mentioned earlier cooling towel as well they're really good so you you wet them at one of the pit stops and they've got little holes in and they stay really cool you can put them around your neck so that's a, that's a nice idea depending on the weather of course what else what else tissues yes tissues now when you walk like anything if you go to the gym sometimes you find that your nose runs i'm sure you're, some of you are listening thinking yeah that happens to me as well it's a normal process perfectly natural uh, so i always take a pack of tissues 
I take one pack for each 50k. I tend to use quite a few. And also, you know, for other things. <laughs> you don't know when you're going to need a tissue. So take some tissues. And I think that's pretty much it. So it's a bit of a kind of list podcast, but I'm really hoping it's useful. And uh, if you've got any questions or I've missed something out that's really vital, then drop me a line at steppingoutthepodcast at gmail.com. But for now, take care. Bye.